We've been talking about what do you do when you're struggling? In those in-between times, you've got this issue, things are going on, you're praying, you're trusting, you're following God, but until he answers your prayers, what do you do when you are stranded? When you do feel like you're, you're just stuck out on an island somewhere and there's no hope of help coming soon, you don't see any way out, what do you do when it seems like there's nothing that you can do? I mean, what do you do when you do get the results from your lab tests and you learn that there's going to have to be a major change in your lifestyle? What do you do when you get that letter and you learn that you're not going to get into the school of your choice? What do you do when you get that email that thanks you for your application, but you don't get the job? What do you do when the news is that your loved one doesn't have much longer to live? What do you do when you finally get to the house of your dreams, but then you lose your job? What do you do when there's nothing you can do? And it's in those kinds of times that <laughs> you don't want your pastor to stand up here and say, you know, that's really tough. But you know, out of your bad situation, God's really going to bring something good. Amen? <laughs> You don't want anybody in any flippant kind of way to say that God's going to make something good out of your bad because you're like, Pastor, after hearing my story, you'll understand that there's no good that can come from my situation. And when you are in a bad situation, sometimes you begin to think there's just no point of continuing. There's no point to go on and you begin to kind of lose heart to press on. But then you know, as we talked about last week, that there are some really good things going on in your life. But instead of focusing on those good things, you often keep focusing on only the bad. And so instead of listing all your blessings, you continue to list all your burdens <laughs> and focus on your burdens. And yet down deep, you know that God can cause good to come from your bad, you just don't see how. And you don't know why you have to go through some of the bad. I mean, you are serving God, and you do know that your God is powerful enough to keep the bad at bay. So why does God allow the bad to even come near your life? A Christian's life, the ones that are, are serving him. Now, you know that the Bible teaches that God doesn't create the bad. He doesn't bring the bad into your life. But why does he not keep it away from your life? You know that it all comes from living in a broken, sin-filled world. You know that much of it comes from the hand of Satan himself, the one who hopes to destroy your faith in God and take you down forever. Literally down, away, and separate from God the Father in heaven. And, and you know all that stuff, but when again, why doesn't God keep you as a Christian protected from the bad? And those are all awesome, real questions. And, and yet you know that down through history, God's people have always had to deal with the bad stuff that comes from living in a sin-filled world. And most of them believed that God would see them through it 
And so they didn't run from God. They maintained their faith in God, and they kept following God in spite of it. So the question I want to begin with is, with is this. Do you believe in your situation that God will see you through? Do you believe that he will see you through? Do you believe that God will bring something beautiful out of your situation that's terrible? No matter what it is, do you believe those things? In the meantime, that time between now and your entrance into heaven, will you choose to believe that God is at work in you no matter what your situation Will you choose to believe that God is preparing you for all that he has planned for you? In the meantime, write this down. I want you to believe some things that are scriptural. First of all, believe that nobody escapes trouble. Not one person in life escapes trouble. Not one Christian escapes trouble. Jesus said this. In this world, you will have many troubles. But then he said, don't be afraid, for I have overcome the world. So if Jesus had troubles, you will have troubles. Job, as you know, had lots of troubles. He lost all of his livestock. He lost all of his servants. He lost all of his children. He lost his home. He lost it all. Paul had lots of trouble. He was beaten, jailed, spit on, whipped, accused for doing nothing more than proclaiming Jesus Christ. Nobody living in this world escapes trouble. All of God's people will have troubles. But will you, like Job, like Paul, like others, choose to keep following God no matter what? Will you choose, like them, To believe that God will bring good from whatever bad comes into your life. Look at this. The Bible says this. James chapter 1 verse 1. James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. To the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. And then he goes on and he says something that just blows our minds. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So here is James, the brother of Jesus, (laughs) extremely close to Jesus, seeing all the troubles that Jesus had. And he tells us, whenever you get in a tough time, whenever you're in a place where you're waiting for God to answer your prayers, to provide for you, to heal you, to open doors for you, to direct you or strengthen you. Whenever you are in that time called in the meantime, he says, consider it pure joy to be in that place, that place of trouble, that place of waiting in the meantime, consider it pure joy. And I'm saying, what? (laughs) Consider it pure joy? James is saying whenever you find yourself facing something that takes you by surprise and leaves you shipwrecked, leaves you stranded and stuck, don't lose your joy. Instead, choose to hang on to your joy because 
You know and believe that God will use your situation to produce something really good in you and through you. Believe that God is about to reach down and do a good work inside of you. That you're about to experience the very touch of God inside your life. Now, he's not saying be happy about your situation. You don't have to have joy and happiness over your troubles. But he says, when you're in the midst of those troubles, be full of joy, knowing that God's touch is about to come. Amen? That God's about to to reach down. You're going to be able to experience God like never before. And that's where the joy comes, when you experience his touch in your trouble. So in the meantime, believe that nobody escapes trouble. You're not the only one that's going through stuff. Nobody escapes. Second, in the meantime, believe that God wants to use trouble to mature you. Now this morning, I want to challenge you to believe something. It might be hard, but here's the challenge. I want to challenge you to believe that God uses your troubles to build a better you. God will use your troubles to build a better you. A more mature you, a more complete you, a more effective you, a stronger you. Believe that God uses your troubles to produce something in you that's more pleasing to Him and better for you and for those around you. Look at what the Bible says. And look at this very first word. It says, let. This is something you have to do. This is a choice you have to make. This is an action you have to take. Let perseverance finish its work. So that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So whenever you're staring a trial, a trouble in the face, if you don't give up, But instead, you let perseverance do its job. You just keep on following Jesus, trusting Him. If you don't get mad at God, if you don't run from God, but if instead you stick with God in the midst of your trouble and let perseverance, let your hanging on, your keeping on, finish this work in you, a specific work that God wants to complete in you, if you do, God's touch will come upon you and perseverance will finish its job, its work. In other words, when you persevere, you end up far better. When you persevere, you end up more mature than you ever were before. But you've got to let perseverance do its job. You've got to keep following God no matter what, trusting Him talking to Him, following Him, worshiping Him, no matter what. And when you persevere, and you let perseverance kick in, saying, I'm not giving up, (laughs) that perseverance will do a work inside of you. Anybody ever had a green banana? I mean, total green banana? All right. It's hard. It's not very full of flavor. Sometimes bitter. But if you let that same banana endure the heat of the sun just a little bit longer, it gets softer and more flavorful. Amen? 
Same thing happens to us when we endure the heat, (laughs) the trial, the trouble a little bit longer. It makes us softer, makes us more flavorful. Anybody ever had a green, green apple? (laughs) Not ripe at all. It's hard. It's bitter. But when it's left in the sun just a little bit longer, there comes the flavor. Listen, your situation, your trial will produce something good in you if you will let it. Your trials will produce perseverance. You'll learn how to stay the course when trials and troubles come. Your perseverance then will produce a maturity in you, a greater tenderness, a greater flavor inside of you. So listen close. When the bad stuff of life hits you, You've got a choice. You can choose to stick it out. You can choose to persevere and let God work in you to mature you. Or you can just simply hit the eject button. Eject. God, get me out of this plane. (laughs) I I, want to fly out of this thing. You can hit the eject button. You can hit the divorce button. You can hit the bankruptcy button. You can hit the cheat button. You can hit the alcohol button. You can hit the smoke some weed button. You can hit the run from God and his family button. You can hit the lie button. You can hit all kinds of buttons to try to relieve your pain or to change your situation. But here in the book of James, God is saying, no, 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 wait. Don't hit the eject button. I, your God. I am at work in you. Let me work in you. If you'll just wait and let me finish my work in you, as you are in this place called in the meantime, you will end up with a better you. But listen, let's be really honest this morning. You've probably hit an eject button in your life, right? (laughs) Somewhere along the way, you've hit an eject button, but it didn't make your life better, did it? You hit the button, you downed the bottle, you did whatever to relieve the pain, and it didn't make your life any better, made it worse, in fact. Last week, Shirley and I shared a few things with you that we went through that were really tough things. And, and, and if we would have hit the eject button and said, God, we're done with you. God, we're done with the ministry that you called us into. God, we're, we're just done with this church family and faith in you. If we would have hit the eject button, our lives would have not been better. Our children's lives would have not been better. Our lives would have not been full of the meaning that it's full of today. Simply due to us persevering. The eject button never makes life better. So how do you become a more mature Christian? A better Christian? A stronger Christian? Will you just persevere and allow perseverance to finish its work? And you say, oh man, pastor, what else you got? (laughs) I don't like this so far, so, so what else do you got? What are some better ways to become more mature? Can can I memorize more scripture? What if I memorize more scripture? Well, that's good, and that'll make you smarter, but it won't make you more mature. Well, what if I obey more rules and laws and, and more of the commandments? Well, that's good. That'll make you 
more obedient, but that won't make you mature. If you don't persevere, you will never become a spiritually mature person that God can really use. If you don't persevere, you'll always be lacking something needed to be effective for God. If you don't persevere, it's kind of like you'll find yourself standing on the sidelines. Watching others do great things for God. Watching other people live lives of great joy and meaning. And there you are standing on the sidelines because you hit the eject button when it was time to train. You hit the eject button when it was time to let God perfect you and mature you. So there you are standing on the sidelines because you were not willing to to stay in the game. So this morning I want to say to you, don't hit the eject button. Let God use your troubles to mature you. Let God use your troubles to make you into a better you. In the meantime, until God answers, you are going to sweat in your troubles. You're going to get tired in your troubles. You're going to fall down when you have troubles. But don't give up. Amen? Get back up. Persevere. And let God work in you. It's kind of like this. Like Job, no matter what happens, say, God, I'm going to trust you anyway. God, I'm going to draw close to you anyway. God, I'm going to worship you anyway. Like Job, God, I'm going to serve you anyway. God, I will not hit the eject button. I will not run away from you. And yet, over the years, been in ministry now. I'm getting old. 38 years, full-time ministry. I've watched family after family after family when troubles come. Run. Run from God. Run from the church family. I'm saying this morning, don't run. If you're going to run any place, run to God. Run to the church family. Don't run. In the meantime, believe nobody escapes trouble. We all got trouble. Believe that God uses trouble to mature you. And then last this morning, in the meantime, believe that God's wisdom will guide you in your times of trouble. Now, listen really close here. God does not expect you to navigate this life solely using your own smarts. <laughs> I know some of you are really smart people. Some of you had a lot of, a lot of degrees and you've studied a lot and got good grades and, 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 and you, you've, you're smart. A lot of smart people in this church family. But God doesn't expect you to navigate all the stuff of this life just using your own smarts. God planned from the very start to be your personal on-star navigation system. And all of God's people said, amen. Look at this. Just like the person who answers your on-star call, got that blue button in your car? Just like the person when you push the blue button in your car, that person answers your call. God offers you immediate assistance whenever you request it, so that you will always know when and where to turn, so that you will always end up at the right place. Isn't that what a navigation system does? 
turn-by-turn instructions. So you always end up at the right place. But a lot of us don't ever use God like that. We don't go to God and ask for his wisdom in this time of trouble. We try to use our own smarts to figure it out. We talk to everybody in the world. (laughs) We go to every doctor, every psychologist, and that's not bad. That's not wrong. But we just try to do it all ourselves. And he's there wanting to be our personal navigation system. Look at this. The Bible says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it, meaning wisdom, will be given to you. That's a promise from God. So here's the bottom line. Whenever the bottom drops out of your life, whenever you hit some kind of trouble, you're probably going to be way shocked and way surprised. And you're probably going to feel alone and feel like you're stranded on an island with no hope of anybody heading your way with help. And in that moment of surprise and shock, you may not know where to turn or what to do. But God, if you'll just turn to Him and ask Him, will give you generous amounts of wisdom to guide you through your situation. So here's the deal. God will give you something that you don't have. He will give you His wisdom. Amen? That's something you don't have. And He will give you His wisdom, which is wisdom beyond your own. And He will give you His wisdom and His directions to guide you through your situation. And so if you'll just stay focused on him and just keep asking for his wisdom, he will give you this kind of turn-by-turn or step-by-step instruction from his divine knowledge, from his divine perspective. You see, God sees things that you don't see about your situation. God knows things that you don't know about your situation. And so if you just ask him for his wisdom, he says, I will give it to you generously and guide you safely through all your troubles. So folks, when your troubles hit, don't assume the worst. Don't assume that God isn't there and that God doesn't care. No, instead, remember that he is in you and he is just waiting to help you. Our God is an awesome God, amen? But also the scripture teaches us that he's a loving father. And when he sees any of his kids in trouble, (laughs) like any loving father, he so desires to come to our help. As a loving father, he's willing and desirous to come help his kids when they're in trouble. So in the meantime, here's some things we need to believe. When you are stuck in that In the meantime, place. Believe that nobody escapes trouble. It's not just you that's having a bad time. Everybody has a bad time sometime. Amen? And then believe that God uses that that trouble to mature you. Didn't send it. Didn't create it. Didn't drop it into your life. It's not from Him. But He's going to use it to make a better you. And then believe that God's wisdom will guide you. When you ask him, he'll give you step-by-step guidance through your troubles. 
And I've learned that our, our God is really wise. He's so trying to keep me in tune with him. When he gives me that step-by-step navigation, he only gives me enough that I need just, you know, he doesn't give me the whole map. <laughs> he just gives me the next step because he wants me to keep coming to him and growing closer to him and, and, and having a greater relationship with him. So don't expect the whole map, but just expect God to guide you step-by-step through your troubles. Believe this. Here's the last phrase. It's on your outline as well. Believe that God will use what he may choose to not remove to help you become all that he created you to be. Take that truth home. He may completely remove your troubles, set you free, heal you completely, provide for you completely, or he may leave a little bit. And if he leaves a little bit, doesn't remove all of it, he's going to use it, amen, to help you be all he created you to be. Let's pray. As I pray this prayer, maybe you'd like to repeat it in your heart. Father, I may not understand why troubles come my way, but I believe that you'll be at work in me, using my troubles to better me. And in the meantime, I believe that you'll give me wisdom to guide me, turn by turn, through all my troubles. Thank you, Father, for not leaving me alone in life. Thank you, Father, for giving me strength to deal with my troubles and for giving me wisdom to guide me through them. From now on, I will not hit the eject button. I will not run from you when troubles come. Instead, I will run to you. Father, that's our prayer and that's our commitment this morning. Lord, from time to time, we're all going to have stuff that we have to deal with. Stuff that comes from living in this sin-filled world. But God, help us to gather around each other as a church family. Lift each other up in prayer, support, do all that we can. But God, ultimately, we put all of our trust in you to guide us through it all. You are the great, great and awesome God. We place our faith in you today in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen.